To Miller, left circle, shoots, tip, they score! Brock Besser! The losing streak is over! The Canucks come all the way back against the top team in the East. Three unanswered goals, two of them off the stick of Brock Besser. And Vancouver wins it 3-2 tonight at Rogers Arena. 8.05 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience a Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer. Today, we are in Hour 3 of the program. Randeep Jan, the Sportsnet 650's very own, is going to join us in just a moment here to kick off Hour 3. Hour 3 is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintec studio. Kintec Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Kintec. To the phone lines we go. Dodd was so much better at that than you. Why? I was I was oh, tempted to clip Dodd just... saying it and then use it instead of you. How do you do it? Yeah, change. it would be our Mister Black. That'd be yeah, our yeah. Mister Black. How, uh, how do you do? It? I can change. I can do things. I don't think you can change. I don't he think just read it with passion and exuberance and zest yeah, for life. Like, we know you too well, like, Halford. You cannot. He, change. he was he was just like Kintech. Kintech. Like, yeah, Kintech. Kintech. Just okay. It had a punch uh, to it that you just don't and at them. can't replicate. <laughs> To the phone lines we go, the Dispatch Heating, Plumbing, and Air Conditioning Hotline. The first call, the only call, this call goes to Randy Janda. He joins us now on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Randy? What's going on, Mike? Uh, you get no respect, man. This is a dated reference, but you're like the Rodney Dangerfield of the show. They, they give you no respect. What's going on here? I know. it's. I've gotten used to it at this point as I play the world's tiniest violin. You can only see it on the stream right now, but <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. You know, I'm just happy to be back. I wasn't here last week, so I'm excited to be back because uh, I missed all the losses. And then I get to come back for the big win against Boston on Saturday. We did this thought exercise with uh, David Amber earlier. So in terms of importance, not just the comeback, not just snapping the losing streak, but to get the comeback win against a very good Boston team, where does that rank in terms of the most important or the best victories that the Canucks have had this season? Ooh, okay. So that Dallas game earlier on kind of set the tone this year where they played their style of game. There's a, there's a bunch of games that, you know, Toronto is probably on that list yep. as well. But I had, okay, so I here's think, a quick list. We had the 8 1 okay. win over uh, Edmonton to start the season. That was big. Sure. The yeah. Toronto win that you just alluded to because they lost to Toronto earlier, came back and beat them. The January 8th win over the Rangers at MSG. That was a big one because they got to exact yep. an earlier loss there as well. So there's a few on the list. I, I personally, I think Boston is tops, but you know, take the, the microphone, you go. What, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go with Boston too, just based on two things, the strength of this team and what they did to Vancouver in Boston and the timing of the season, right? This is a team, um, even a couple of days ago at UBC at the optional practice, uh, the players are saying we have to play desperate hockey. We have to match the desperation of teams. We got to get back on the right track. Uh, we're not doing certain things. The coach was pretty pointed in his comments uh, also after the, the previous game. So I think just given the rut that they were in, the slump that they're in, to not only beat a Boston team that has been picking up points, uh, they played a heck of a game against Edmonton two games ago. 
uh, despite losing to Calgary in the last game. This was a team that was coming in, maybe not playing their best hockey, but still grinding out results. And the way that Vancouver was, guys, I would lean on just the, the fact that for the first time, and Jason, we talked about this last week, where you're, you're facing adversity for the first time this season. How do you, rea- how do you react? And it's with a, a desperation and urgency and a strong team game. So I'm leaning that way too, guys. What was your favorite goal that they scored? Because all three had um, really positive things. The first one was a, was a set play. Um, JT Miller wins a draw cleanly back to Zadorov. Besser backs out, finds yep. the soft spot. And I think that was a set play. Zadorov found him and he buries it. Um, the second goal I was saying earlier, like Philip Peronik needed that because he was starting to get some criticism um, for his game. And I thought Miller did a good job patiently waiting for Horonic again to skate backwards into a shooting lane. Like, that wasn't stationary. Um, It wasn't a one-timer, but he got the shot away quick, and Besser was there for the screen. And the winning goal, I mean, this might be the obvious pick for your favorite one because it was on the power play, and it had JT Miller on that left half wall. And that looked similar. Granted, it was four on three, so that's always different to some of the power play goals that the Canucks had scored earlier in the season. Yeah, I'm going to go – I love the first goal just based on the fact that the way that JT Miller identifies that, to your point, you know, if Brock pops out a little bit, you know, the, the defensemen are, are spaced a certain way at the faceoff and just gives a direction to Zadorov. I love that goal just because it shows you the smarts and the, the ability of JT Miller to make that read right before the faceoff. And he essentially tells Zadorov to move closer to the boards to make that play. But – when it comes to playoff hockey, the 2-2 goal is the one I, I really like because Kronik, all the things you mentioned, finding that lane, moving. But, you know, that's a play where throughout the 40 minutes of hockey, guys, the Canucks couldn't get to the middle of the ice. They weren't able to break through. They were able to provide screens on Swayman. So this is kind of the old-school hockey guy in me saying, Brock Besser actually gets to the front of the net, something the Canucks were unable to do. And even though, you know, the other players had, like, more – I think they're, you could probably say they're, they're better goals in terms of the downhill skating on the 3-2 goal and that play by J.T. Miller or you know the execution by J.T. Miller and Zadorov on that first goal. I love the second goal because when you're thinking April-May hockey, you need to get to the middle of the ice. You need to be in a position where, you know whether it's five on five, that you're able to take the goalie's eyes away. So for a team that wasn't able to do that for 40 minutes in this game, and credit to Boston, they were boxing out uh, really, really well, not allowing Canucks players to get to the middle of the ice. The fact that Brock Besser, who's done a pretty good job of this this year, is able to get there, and then Philip Peronik, after the faceoff win by Lindholm, who's been a monster in that regard, like that to me was a goal that you could see scored in the playoffs because you're winning the middle of the ice. Lindholm is the 3C with uh, Connor Garland, and it was Baines on the left side. Um what do you think about the Canucks going Miller, Pedersen, Lindholm down the middle, all on separate lines? Yeah, I like this right now just based on the fact that, you know, what do strong teams have? They've got a strong spine, right? And with the Vancouver Canucks right now, if you work from the back, uh, Thatcher Demko, of course, Philip Hronick and Quinn Hughes having your top pair. And then right now, the way that they're configured, if you look at the top, three centers, and I would throw Teddy Bluger in there as well just because we know what he can bring in a third or fourth line role, but let's just take him out of the equation for one second. Um, If you are comfortable, A, first of all, all three of those guys seem like they want to play down the middle of the ice. They're more comfortable down the middle of the ice. And, you know, whether it was Pedersen popping out to the wing, whether it was Lindholm popping out to the wing, 
chemistry was just not there. These guys want the puck. And as a center, you see a little bit more of the puck. So I think, you know, just the way that they played the last game and it had success, um, I'd like to see more of this because what do you need in the playoffs? You need, you know, three responsible centers down the middle that you can trust, A, offensively, of course, to get you points, but also defensively. And I thought Elias Lindholm's 200-foot game against Boston was strong. He had an active Mm -hmm. stick. He was playing a little physically. um, And you lose out some of that when you pop out a player to the wing. So even though that line might be more dynamic, can you stick to your staples? Can you stick to your principles more when you have guys like that playing down the middle? So I don't know how long it's going to last, but to me, that's kind of like a playoff lineup where you're saying, hey, we're not going to, you know, there might be a limit to your ceiling offensively to a certain extent, but defensively you're going to be solid. Uh, That's what I saw against Boston guys, even though they gave up those two goals. uh, To me, those were kind of, you know, against the, the run of play, essentially, uh, you know, where Vancouver, for the most part, played a, a strong 200-foot game. And, yeah, there's a couple of chances that they gave up, but Thatcher Demko did his job. I like that lineup, Jason. I, I think that's a spot where that's the playoff lineup to me where as long as you have trusted wingers that you can say, hey, we can trust these guys to play a 200-foot game as well, I, I think you can run with that. I said earlier in the show that I really like the idea of Lindholm between Garland and Dakota Joshua when whenever mm-hmm. he's back. Like I think that could be a beast of a line in the playoffs. Um, it does beg a few questions. Who ends up with Pedersen? But also, where does Baines go once Joshua is back? Could you, in theory, what do you think about this? Go with Pedersen, with Hoaglander, and Baines. You could, and the reason I say that is, like, at the very least, I'd like to see it because one of the areas that Baines is really good on is on the forecheck, right? And he's able to, to play make as well, and he's still figuring out his NHL game. But the comments that Rick Tockett made yesterday uh, caught, kind of got me thinking a different way. And, he, you know, if you missed those, he said, I'm a big fan, I like him a lot, and there's another level to his game in the NHL. Um, he's earned his spot right now. I don't know how long it's going to be, but you know, that's, that kind of opens the door to be when you're a young player, what do you have to show to a coach? You have to show that you can be trusted in situations. And what I like about our Steve's game guys is, you know, he's not getting the production necessarily. We're not seeing that, but the other elements of the game, you know, good back pressure on a lot of those plays, especially even before he got his penalty in the offensive zone, uh, good four check in the game. He's got an active stick in the neutral zone. Is the production there? It is at the AHL level. Uh, once you start playing with Elias Pettersson, you'll get pro- he's going to make you better, but there's an expectation you produce. I could see something like that maybe later on, uh, to your point. Uh, I still think he needs to build out his NHL game a little bit, get that confidence in there. Mm-hmm. But is he the type of player you'd like on that line? I think so, because he's got some playmaking. I just think maybe, just maybe, um, it might be a little early for that he's, as he's trying to build that confidence in his game. But one thing that Rick had said, guys, uh, yesterday was that guys want him on his their line. They, they legitimately go up to the coach and say, hey, don't be afraid to put him on my line. And talking to some of the, the players in the room yesterday, uh, they like the way he plays. So I think the ceiling might have been quite low early on for him just to say, hey, get a couple of games and then you maybe go down to Abbotsford. Uh, but he does have a, a complete game in the sense that he's a, a smart player on the ice. And smart players, uh, players want to play with smart players that make the right play. What did you think uh, or how noteworthy was it that talk at number one 
um, praised the composure of his bench uh, in the third period in all game of, of the Bruins game. And they were able to keep their heads. They didn't freak out. They didn't lose it on the refs. And they were able to just stick to their game and come back and win the game against a pretty good defensive team, arguably tired, but still a good defensive team. But also that JT Miller was kind of the one leading the charge right, yeah. on composed um, play and and, and and a composed demeanor on the bench. Because I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, JT Miller has sometimes been accused of losing his head in those situations. Yeah, and yeah, never heard that before. I've never witnessed that. But that's something that, uh, you know, looking at that game, he was a beast right out of the gate. Two big hits, uh, physical play, eight total hits. And he played on that line where it was, to your point, Rick Talk had mentioning that, hey, keeping the guys going, making sure that they're resilient, but also playing with snarl and skill. Like, that is something that's really important this time of the year as you're playing on that line. And JT Miller really set the tone, right, where he starts on his first shift very similar to that Minnesota game. And I know we don't want to look back at that game because the final 20 was an absolute gong show. But if you go back to the first shift in that game, it was Erickson Eck versus JT Miller on the first shift and two big hits right off the bat by JT Miller set the tone in that game. He had a great game. Uh, unfortunately it goes awry later on, but that's what JT, you can see he's kind of like, you know, walking around and skating around and essentially saying, I'm going to set the tone. And he did that on Marshawn on the, on the first shift, a couple of hits right off the bat, one on Marshawn and that got it going. Uh, the other thing is, you know, this game against Boston, it was kind of, it was almost like the Winnipeg game in the sense that the Canucks played a good five-on-five game, but in the third period in that sense, it unraveled, right? They took some chances here. They stayed composed. They played physical, but they didn't back down. They didn't give up after 2 nothing. And that desperation, that urgency that maybe we didn't see three or four games ago, uh, you could see that from the players, and it was resonating. I think after the Philip Ronick goal, the way that they're you know, celebrating and and congratulating him on the bench, you could tell that these guys were locked in. Maybe the fatigue on the road trip had kind of dragged them down. But, yeah, I think that's a credit to JT, no doubt about that. And also a credit to the physical play that they brought. Zadorov setting the tone with that early hit on Pasternak. Jules mm-hmm. did the exact same thing. Uh, they didn't give the Bruins respect. They played with swagger. And you can see, even when they fell behind 2 nothing, guys, that this team, they were going to keep on going at the Boston Bruins. And, and it was a, a really strong team effort. Uh, I love that Miller went after Marshawn too. That was awesome. Right off the bat, yeah. R- right off the bat, that was great. It's kind of like what it was like a it was like a scene in Oz, boys. You know, when there's a, a new <laughs> new entrance to, yeah. mm. to to the prison yard or something. It felt like that. Hey, I'm I'm targeting you, right? It was it was kind of like that. So the Canucks practice yesterday. They've got the day off today, and then they host Pittsburgh on Tuesday. Imagine they'll practice on Wednesday, and then they host the Kings. On Thursday, Pittsburgh or Los Angeles, which team are you most looking forward to seeing? Anytime Sidney Crosby comes to town, especially after a four-point night against Philadelphia, that one is always circled on my calendar just because with all the players that are on the Vancouver Canucks with Pedersen, Miller, and of course Hughes, something special could go on. But then you got Crosby coming to town. Um, So I've got that one just from a star-level perspective, it's always special to see Sidney Crosby and call those games. But the LA Kings are the most intriguing team right now because prior to the beginning of the year, guys, you know, um, we were talking about how they might have the best 
center group in all of hockey, potentially, definitely in the Western Conference, right? But now with the configuration that the Canucks have, if you start looking at Miller, Pedersen, and Lindholm down the middle, guess what? That's not bad either. So I know there's been disappointment in L.A. They're not to the level maybe that they want to be, uh, but they're not that far back either. They're tied with Edmonton. Uh, this is a team that is a veteran group. They demand more of their self. Uh, they fired their coach. Uh, they still are up there in terms of, you know, being right up there with Vegas and uh, the Edmonton Oilers. I think from a matchup perspective, I want to see what the Kings are made of here and how they match up against Vancouver because that could be a potential first-round matchup where you're saying, all right, if they got, you know, their three centers in Kopitar, Dano, and Pierre-Luc Dubois, and we just talked about the new Canucks line, you could easily see those three liners, uh, centers line up for Vancouver in a playoff series against LA the same way that we saw them against Boston because if you want to go mano a mano, guess what? you got to load up with three centers. So I think from a matchup perspective, an X's and O's perspective, the LA Kings matchup is much more intriguing. Randeep, this was great, man. Thanks for taking the time to do it. We really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy all the games this week. Have a couple good calls. We'll do this again next week. Cheers, boys. Thanks, thanks, and uh, Mike, it's, it's great to have you back. I know, don't feel like you're like the Rodney Dangerfield of the show. Thanks. I'll say it's good to have you back. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Cheers. That's my best Cheers, friend, boys. Randy Janda, here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Cheers, um, okay, we got a lot more to get to on the program. We have, only have one segment left, but we have a lot to do. We're going to do our What We Learns. You're going to do your What We Learns. You're also going to get a chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Canucks and Kings for the first of 18 matchups in March. <laughs> this game is actually It's actually on. February 29th. This it's game. a leap year. That's right. Yeah, Thursday, yeah. February 29th, Rogers mm-hmm. Arena. They only happen once every four years, right? Leap years? Yeah. Is it once every four years? Not always, though. I was learning. I was reading about leap years today, and there's apparently <laughs> the years divisible by 100 are also not leap years. Oh, I see. Okay. Except ones that are also divisible by 400. So it gets, it gets a little mathy when you break it down. But there's certain years where they don't do the leap. Okay. I was told there would be no math. <laughs> okay, nerd. You learn something new every day. Yeah, jeez. That's, anyway, that's not my what we learned, by the way. That's not your what no. we learned. Yeah, it is now. <laughs> um, a, might as well mook out because you're not getting another one. <laughs> Get him in. Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. What did you learn over the last 72 hours in sports? Let us know. Make it good. Hashtag it WWL. And importantly, put a ticket emoji into your text to be entered into the grand prize contest for a pair of tickets to see the Canucks and Kings on Thursday, February 29th, which is a real date at Rogers Arena. There's lots more to get to. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People Show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. part of the show. What well, did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. On the show. 8.30 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer. Today, we are in Hour 3 of the program. It is what we learn time. Hour 3 is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. 
Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. You didn't lose your timing while you were gone. Still got it. Before we get to the humanoids, before we give away the tickets, a pair of tickets to see the Canucks and the Kings on Thursday, February 29th, we're going to do some what we learned from our side of the table. Laddie and Bruff both have what we learned. Laddie, you get to start today because you're a special little guy. Thank you so much. And this is something (laughs) that I'm going to play every year on its anniversary. It's the 12-year anniversary of this clip. Nice. I know where you're going with this. This is awesome. It's shocking that it's actually the second Gary Thorne clip I've posted or played for you guys by what we learned in like a week. I don't know why it's worked out like this, but take a listen to one of the greatest sports clips of all time. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And he got it! That is right, I did it! Another five! Are you kidding me? That's right! Who do you think you are? I am! Pete Weber with those iconic words, Who do you think you are? I am. That's what Tockett said about the Canucks after the Flyers game earlier, I think. He did not keep his composure. (laughs) That is one. That is like one of the most amazing. First of all, like a lot of it's visual. Like he Uh goes, "Who do you think you are?" And then he points at himself with his thumb, the double thumb, like I am. And then the people are like, "Wait a minute, you're me." Who do you think you are? I am. Let's actually talk this out. Okay, so who do you think you are? Probably have a good impression of yourself. You think you're pretty cool. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no, no. But like, who do you think you are isn't a question for yourself. It's for someone else. Like you, you would go to, like I would go to Halford. Who do you think you are? So right. let's let's walk through this. Yep. And then and then you'd be like. I am? No. You'd no. be like, Mike Halford. And I, I, then I'd be like, then I'd be like, no, I am. So are you, is. Pete Weber saying he's everyone? I think it's more of a metaphorical sense where people think they have good impressions of themselves. You know, you think you're pretty cool. and then, No, no, that cool person you think you are, I am. I'm that guy. Yeah, it that's wouldn't, what he it was wouldn't work if you use that on someone that had like low self-esteem. Right. As, you'd be like, who do you think you are? Like, I'm just Joe. I have an average job. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just a guy trying to make. No, I am. I am. By the way, I want to point out that in explaining years later what the – sort of inspiration was for those remarks. Pete Weber said that his comments were directed towards a heckler, which also brings another question. Who shows up to bowling to heckle? (laughs) Moo cow. (laughs) Uh, Bruff, you're up. Yes, I learned on uh, Saturday that uh, getting smacked in the nose with a rugby ball hurts. Sorry, what? So I was at the sevens before I went over to the Canucks game and uh, I had a friend with some front row seats and I was there on a press pass. So I went down to visit him and there was an open seat in the second row. So I sat behind him and his family and Mm -hmm. I watched the rugby. So we were discussing, um, okay, how are we going to react if there's a ball kicked into touch? Like, are we going to, are we going to catch it? Are we going to be like nervous when it's really hot in the air? You know? So you were preparing for this. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, what are we gonna do? So, um, Canada's playing Spain. They lost the game, but they had possession of the ball, and there was a penalty against Spain. Okay. So, 
Canada was going to kick to touch and then take the line out wherever the ball went out, went out of bounds. So I knew that they were going to kick to touch. So I was warning. There were some kids there, and I was I was warning, like, hey, guys, like, the ball might come here. You were very prepped for this. Uh, yeah, a lot of people were like, was your, uh, uh, was your eye not on the ball? I was like, no, 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 I knew what was going on. So they booted it up the field. Like, they were in their own defensive half, and they there was a big kick. Mm-hmm. So the ball was headed, I could see, directly at the front row with the kids in the front row. I was, again, in the second row. So I'm like, okay, kids, hey, hey, the ball's coming. Heads up. Heads up. Like, everyone, watch out. And so the ball came in, and it comes in with some pace. Right. And it missed the kids. That's the good news. The bad news is it bounced off the railing that was, like, right in front of the first row and careened directly into my nose. Here come the excuses. In the face. In the face. In the face. And it made it worse because I was wearing my glasses. So it was like, ah, the nerd got it right in the nose, right in his glasses. Are those the same glasses you left in press row? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was I left them on press row. Glasses had a heck of those a week. Glasses had a, had a big night. Uh, so anyway, like, so it looked, so I just took it. I just took it. I didn't react. He took it in the face. Um, but it looked like, it looked like I, because I didn't want to put my hands up and like shield myself because that would have made me look like a wimp because the ball wasn't even coming at me. Yeah. Like I had, like my arms were at my sides and a lot of people were like, why didn't you, why weren't you protecting the kids? They're like, well, I don't know, they're not mine. And I told them like, hey, get your head up. The ball's coming. So just be ready. You warned and them then, and then got smoked. Enough. And then, and then like the worst bounce right into my nose. Have you ever been like, punched right in the nose or you get a soccer ball soccer right ball in the nose the i think yeah. most people have had that experience and like your eyes start to water yes and so i was in that position but trying to play it real cool so if i i would love to see the replay of it couple follow-up uh, absolutely questions. love to see the replay of the ball hitting me in the nose and then just me game facing it like nothing happened while Trying to control the tears streaming down my uh, face. A couple follow-up questions. Kay. One, was there a nosebleed? No. No nosebleed. It wasn't like uh, it was meet good. the parents scene in the volleyball? Right. <laughs> That's exactly what Instant blood coming yeah. out. No, no, no. There wasn't. Yeah. And what was your other one? Did you remain in the seats or did you flee back to the press box? No, I remained in the seats. That's a the rest what, of the See, game. now, I don't, I mean, granted, it's embarrassing. Incredibly. But um, I feel like you had a couple things in your favor. One, it was a carom. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't if my it, fault. Right. If it was a straight... And you don't want to be there with like your hands up in front of your face when the ball's not even coming to you, right? Yes. It was like, what is that guy never been like played a sport before? And, well, it kind of looked like it, yeah, actually, I was when say, it eventually like, he's got took it around the face. Look at yeah. four eyes over there. And anyway, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. Glad you made it into work today. Yeah, imagine if I was out with a, a, a UBI then. I would have loved if the camera was just slowly zooming out in your face for about five minutes, and that's all. Well, I that was about. my oh, third question. Is no no more, more game Where footage? can we see this footage? I, 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 I don't think it was. I don't think it was out there. The third question was: Is there any footage? Does anyone have footage? Was anybody at the sevens this weekend that saw Bruff get one to the face? Mm-hmm. I'd love to see the footage. Moo cow. 
Somebody texting in, tons of appreciation for how hard it is, Laddie, for tracking the puck that gets tipped if you can't even track a gigantic rugby ball off a rail. And my answer to that is I don't track pucks, yeah. especially if they're and, tipped. And they I was never a good goalie. I never enjoyed yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, the oblong. John from the Big C, that's awesome, Jason. Who cares? They're not my kids. Yeah, they're not my responsibility. That's someone else's problem. Yeah, they were sitting right next to their dad. If their dad wanted to protect them, he can do it. You warned them. Yeah. <laughs> I was the one. I gave up. The, I gave the heads up to his wife, too. I'm taking care of his family and. You took a hit for them, too. Yeah, <laughs> taking a hit for them, right? I'll take the balls for your family. No big deal. Okay, uh, let's fire up the Dow Matrix. B-A-L-L-S. Right. Uh, what We Learned Humanoid Edition is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them at GetFirePlan.com. Oh, my God! We're having a fire plan! Hey, dog, it's time for you. You're going to tell us the winner of the pair of tickets to see the Canucks. Oh, I thought Bruff was reading it. And Kings. Someone's going to read it. Uh, uh, Thursday, it. February 29th at Rogers Arena. The winner is... Table Saw James. Regular texter. And this one made me laugh um, because I was at the game on Saturday and definitely saw the green men. And what we learned, it was nice to see the green men back in full package. I mean, full force. Now, if only Major League Baseball could get the number to their material supplier so that their uniforms could be slightly less revealing. Yeah, the green men. Hey, homie, I can see your doodle. Yeah, there was one of them in particular. Uh, You were drawn. The eyes were drawn, whether you wanted your eyes drawn to that or not. The eyes were... Yeah. As we're drawn, it was like a quite someone a f- could have slipped him in a, a Viagra or something. It might be a, an investigation needs to okay. happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, there's a subtlety sometimes. <laughs> had to go the there. Show that yeah. not often, but sometimes. Oh, but I had a boner. <laughs> well, <laughs> he didn't have a. <laughs> well, what I didn't say that. Subtlety's out the window. Well, wow. say hey, well. We used you to were be the one that was talking about Viagra. Do you think someone texted him and be like, "Hey, man." Uh, just heads up. How's it going down there? How, how are you? How are you tucking? Because you, you maybe should tuck it a little. It's right out there. There's something it's, you could add to the costume that might. A uh, cup. What was actually cup? very. What was actually very funny was. Uh, I don't know if they showed this on TV, but James Van Riemsdyk, who was in the penalty box for the first penalty, there it's just too bad there weren't many Bruins penalties. There was only two on the night, including the game winner in overtime. But mm-hmm. JVR took took the first penalty, and you could tell. Like, he was trying not to laugh in there. And he was trying not to do a reaction or anything, but you could tell he thought it was actually pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, uh, man, I was losing it for the waffles. I love the waffles bit. It brought, it brought me right back. What the, was the waffles bit again? Well, they they did it back in the day. I cannot. It was too it's long. The Leafs fan threw waffles on the ice. Right. There you go. Protest. That's what it was. Thank you. So why did they bring the waffles for the Bruins game? They just, well, I think it was just a callback to one of their the old. greatest hits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of upset that they're still in like relatively good shape. Yeah, it was very I was hoping disconcerting. I was hoping they come back like, you know, like beer bellies yeah. or whatever <laughs> and just like kind of just like beaten down by the world. It's a long eight years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One just, of them's always holding like a rum and coke. Like, oh, what's yeah. Force, yeah. One of them's got like a, wearing a knee brace. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of them's got like a three year old also in the green man yeah. costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of them's wearing reading glasses or yeah. something like that. I don't know. It'd be funny. Yeah, he only gets them on weekends, so this is the only time that we can wear the <laughs> green suits together. <laughs> what? <laughs> the green man marriage. It was a real was it was a disaster. I was stoked to see him, though. I mean, I, they, they were so much fun back in the day, and I really hope they keep going to more games. Uh, uh, sounds like it's a one-shot deal. R- really? Uh, yeah. Uh. Shockingly, Daily Hive did an article on it. <laughs> 
several. Did they actually get some quotes from the Green Men? Are actually, they supposed it, to I talk think, or not? I think it was Canucks Army did it. Actually, I but shouldn't. Did, I mean, Green. Yeah. <laughs> Canucks Army was first in line. I'm sure the D- Daily Hive will follow up. They don't have mascot rules, though. They speak, right? They'll talk to the media. Yeah. yeah. The cat's out of the bag. They're not mimes. No, 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 no. <laughs> the cat's no, out of the bag. They're, I mean, everyone knows their names. Well, no, 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 no. But they will talk as the Green Men, and they have, like, Sully and Force. They have... Right, right? But, but, they, but there's no sort of disconnect. Yes, we them. all know. We all know. But, like, a mascot, we, we know Finn's name. Sorry. When they were... But if you interview Finn, you're not going to get much. Right, but when... He's like Petey. When yeah. they were... Right. <laughs> he speaks a bit more. <laughs> yeah. What about that contract, Finn? Uh, when they were mascots, I guess professionally, is that the right term? Uh, they didn't talk. They were mutes. No, they did. No. They did. Yes, no. there were interviews with them. I guarantee it. I don't think it. so. I think that they costume? were largely mute. I guarantee it because they were asked about the curtain blog, and they said, oh, yeah, those guys don't like us for some reason. But they weren't in costume at that time. I think literally when they were in costume, they like embodied the, oh, I the see. mascot Why thing. Why didn't you like them? I liked them fine. They were all right. There is a Daily Hive Green Man article, by the way. It's right after there their uh, best dressed at the Rugby Sevens article. Yeah, it's right we, after. We were uh, we were, might be on our station. We were today. jealous of them. We wanted the attention that they got. It's yeah. true. Most of I, our I interned on, under one of them in this building, no less. Yeah, as, as a one... Green Man. Yeah, I had one of the costume and everything. It was part of the initiation. That would have been a sight. I didn't even yeah. know they had a program like yeah, that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay, uh, Justin and East Van, what we learned. After a lengthy hiatus, I'm glad that an iconic Vancouver duo has returned with chemistry that is often imitated but never duplicated. The Halbro Show is back with Mike Halford returning from his lower body injury. Also, the green men were at the Canucks game on There Saturday. were a number of tweets over the weekend, some of them in jest, some of them earnest, asking if we were the green men back in the day. Because I guess we've been around long enough yeah. that there's a new section of fans and I'm the guy with the package yeah I'm the out of shape guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah which one is it uh what we learned the four game this is from Woodrow the eligible bachelor what we learned the four game losing streak was worth it to see the Canucks come back and beat the Bruins in overtime it might have been for me and also for the adversity that the Canucks went through we'll see where things go from here um they've still got a tough stretch, Pittsburgh fighting for its playoff life. And we've seen the Canucks have problems against those teams that are just on the outside looking in. Minnesota, Seattle recently. Um, Pittsburgh had a wild game against Philly. Yeah, 7-6 uh, last 7-6. Six. I was like, <laughs> what was that one season they had that series? I know Fleury was in for 2012. Pittsburgh and the Flyers had like 19 different goalies. That's Was that this? Was that the Patrick? Kane? No. That was 2010. Remember the Flyers went to the no, Stanley Cup the, final? The year that they played all each the other. With the different goalies? The year that they played each other yeah. was the 2012 playoffs, the first round. Okay. Philly's goalies were Brzgalov and Bobrovsky. Pittsburgh's goalies were Marc-Andre Fleury and Brent Johnson. Right. And, and, there was and about, Fleury really struggled. I'm trying to look at the combined goals. I think there was 56. Yeah, that was crazy. six-game series. So Two of those goalies are so, still around. So here's, right. here's here's what's facing the Canucks in their next five games because the schedule is still tough. They got the Penguins on Tuesday. They've got L.A. on Thursday. Both those games are at Rogers Arena. And then they head off on the road for three straight. There's no back-to-backs, but you got Anaheim. That's probably the easiest of all the matchups they've got. 
jinx. Mm. Uh, and then you go to LA to play the Kings and then they're in Vegas. And then we might as well keep going here because then they return home to play the Jets. Tough one. And Colorado. That's a tough one. And that's part of a uh, a nine game that kicks off a nine game nine game homestand, which is right after the trade deadline. So it goes trade deadline March eighth, right. right after their game in Vegas, and then a nine game homestand, which gets easier in terms of opponents after Winnipeg and Colorado. Then you got Washington, Buffalo, Montreal, Calgary. So um, that's the time where the Canucks really need to make hay and make sure that they salt this division win away. But also, you know, we were talking earlier, like make sure you get the best record in the conference too, because I think that first wildcard team is going to be pretty tough. It could be Edmonton. It could be the LA Kings. could be Vegas, I suppose. How much soccer did you and Jimmy Dodd do last week? None. Zero. Okay. I got one. It's wonderful. Uh, hashtag WWO, what we learned from Chayton and Surrey. Alfonso Davies has agreed to personal terms with Real Madrid. Yeah, this news got broken this morning by a number of outlets. Canadian superstar Alfonso Davies will be leaving Bayern Munich. Now, the question is whether he will leave at the end of this season or whether he'll play out the string with Bayern because his contract is until 2025 and then join Real. I got a feeling that it's going to be sooner rather than later. They don't like these things hanging over the clubs because mm. you know what's happening at PSG right now. Is Mbappe is out, right? Or he's leaving. Well, he's part of the team, but he's still, leaving. but he's leaving. Mm. And the gaffer has now made the decision to start like subbing him out of matches. And he says, We have to get used to life without Mbappe because he's leaving. Right. So I can't remember who they played on the weekend in League. I think it was Nantes. And they drew 1 1. They played Jim Nance? Jim Nance. Oh, and okay. when they took uh, Mbappe out against Jim Nance, <laughs> the guy that went in for Mbappe ended up scoring the penalty to tie the match late. Are they going to win the, the, the league? PSG. Uh, I have no idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because actually, I lied. Dodd and I did mention ah. one soccer thing. It was right at the end of the show. What's that? We, someone wrote a, what we learned about Harry Kane being cursed because he never won with Spurs. Yeah. He hasn't won a trophy Bayern with now. England. And then he goes to Bayern and there was an 11-year yeah. winning streak atop the Bundesliga uh, is... Their managers, they out. Could, but their managers out at the end of the year too. Thomas Tuchel, he's done. They could still win that, right? Like they're not officially dead. The in Bundesliga, the yeah, they're about as close to as dead as you can be. Right? Yeah, they're way far off the pace. Oh, it's okay. been a bad year. I got yes. a soccer what we learned. Oh, good. Did uh, you know you can't use your hands? Yeah, I just learned this the other the day. Goalie can though. Yeah. Uh, people up? people keep thinking I'm Andy Cole, the soccer player on Andy Twitter. Andy the King Cole, Manchester United guy. <laughs> yeah, I keep yeah. getting – it's been happening for years, and it still happens. I'll get randomly tagged by some soccer fan somewhere in the world that thinks I'm Andy Cole, the, the soccer player. Mm-hmm. And I have to explain to them, no, I'm not this man. Is he a broadcaster now? I don't know. Yeah, he does. He's, he's retired, though, isn't he? He's long retired. Yeah, yeah. He's 52 yeah. years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, so – they all do some sort of like part-time punditry work, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and if they don't, they'll just chime in on Twitter. Sure. All the guy, like all the man, you guys that were part of the trouble winning team back in the late nineties, yeah, all got like stupid famous. Like they all got jobs out of that. He was great. He was. This was guy was yelling at me like I'm a disgrace. Stay away from the Emirates. Him and Dwight York up front, with and that was a Beckham team, right? You have no idea what I'm talking about, right? No, now. I don't. Well, I know who Beckham is. Had <laughs> a boy. Anyway, I don't want to go too far down this He's road. He's married to Posh Spice, right? That is correct. They have a, they I know have, something. There you go. Yeah. And people um, can bend it like him. 
Mm-hmm. Snoop the dog stirring it up Snoop with a couple dog. minutes left. What we learned, if PD has turned down 12 by 8 and his camp isn't negotiating, that's a pretty strong sign he's looking to move. Oh, so what did you guys do with that report about the money? Because I heard who I don't I don't I don't remember who threw it out there. Uh, it's not yeah, important. Yeah, we asked. Uh, we played some Elliot Friedman audio about him not being able to confirm whether or not an offer was made. But right. Elliot kind of made it clear, like the Canucks have strongly indicated the money is there for you. Yeah, it's it doesn't not, matter how much. It's like it's however much you want outside. Yeah, of like outside of some ridiculous number, one billion dollars. Like, yeah. and, and then and Dollywall kind of said the same thing. So whether or not they've actually tabled, like I'm sure they've talked about certain numbers or you know term or options that you know short term, long term, whatever. Just please stay. Um, please. <laughs> but they they want them to stay, right? They've made that abundantly clear and PDS supposed to be fair has made it abundantly clear. He doesn't want to talk about it during the season. Um, but you know, what always kind of is in the back of my mind is that his representatives were the ones that said, listen, we could still have a negotiation during the season. Pat Brisson said that. Yep. So that's either a miscommunication with his client or, you know, I, I don't know where the disconnect is there because we're coming up on the trade deadline. That was another thing where people, some some people thought that might be like a pressure point. I was less of the, I've been less of that notion. Um, but it might be important for the Canucks, for example, if they were to go get a guy with term left on his contract, right? They're like, well, you know, and we've heard that from Elliot in the most recent 32 Thoughts podcast, I think we actually played the audio. It's we like, did. we're not really interested, all that interested in any more rentals. Like, if we're going to trade some of our futures for guys, it'll be ones with term that we're pretty sure are going to stick around. Or if they are rentals, guys that we're going to re-sign, well, it would really help if you had some cost certainty on the Pedersen side mm-hmm. um, before you bring in someone like that. So... Um, you know, the Canucks have made it abundantly clear that they want PD to sign and PD has just been like, yeah, we'll talk about it after the season. Um, speaking of the Canucks in the more immediate future, uh, there's a game tonight, Oilers and Kings. I'm having a hard time deciding who I got to root for in this one because they're so evenly matched in terms of the standings. Oilers. Oilers. I think it is. I think it is. And then I want want Vegas Edmonton in the first round for multiple reasons. One because Vegas and sorry Edmonton Edmonton and LA both basically they have the same amount of points. They have sixty eight points going in Mm tonight. I think Edmonton has a game in hand. Whatever. Whatever. I want nothing to do with the Oilers. No three points tonight. It's a two point game. Also, I think we're gonna have to cheer for the Leafs tomorrow night. Yeah, they play Vegas. Totally. Yeah. Go get on that losing streak. The world is against you. Leafs. It's you against the world, you know? This is going to be a Riley one. suspension? God. So I have to cheer for the Oilers to win tonight. Totally and the unfair. Leafs to win tomorrow night. I can't deal with this. Okay, we got to get out of here for today, but we will be back tomorrow. It's fun being back. Will Petey be back tomorrow? Yes, he will be. Okay, good. I can say that definitively. Awesome. Signing off for now, though. We got to say goodbye. I have been Mike Halford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A Dog, and he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.